Uncensored, we got the new music Fridays for for this Friday. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got no. Um, this the theme right here. We gonna get to the album reviews last, of course. Gotta save the best for last, the main events and all that shit. We gonna hop right into it. So, Jalen Brown not happy in Boston. That's where we at now. Because he has recent comments that um, he isn't quite happy. And I understand why he isn't happy. For one, during the offseason, they did try to trade him for Kevin Durant. That would concern me. That would be hella concerning for me, you know. If I'm just going to be easily traded, you know, you know, Brown was drafted by Boston. I can understand why a certain player would feel a type of way, but you got to look, but Jalen Brown has to look at this like Michael Bridges did when he got traded for Kevin Durant. He said, it's Kevin fucking Durant. I trade me for Kevin Durant. And that's real talk. I'm saying though That's real But however He's not allowing His unhappiness To fuck with his game 
Jalen Brown's always going to give a thousand percent every game on both ends of the court. He's one of the few two-way players we have in this game. But I get why he's unhappy. He also called out some uh, Celtics fans for being toxic, you know, and Boston has always had a history of being racist and having racist fans. These the same motherfuckers that left a pile of shit in Bill Russell bed back in the day. These are the same fans that didn't go to Bill Russell's retirement ceremony. Like only his teammates showed up to his uh, retirement ceremony. Not no fans. He didn't get fanfare when he retired. I can see why Bill Russell was just like, has that fuck y'all attitude. But also, my thoughts on this is, I have a question. Does Jalen Brown want his own team? Because the world thinks that this is Tatum's team. Because Tatum... I mean, I have said that Tatum was the best player in the league. I've said this on many occasions. That can be debated, of course. But, you know, I'm going to stick with... I'm going to stick to my guns on this. Yes, Tatum has flaws. I get that. Yes, Tatum is a little inconsistent when it comes down to showing up in certain big games. I get that. But when Tatum has laser focus, you can't stop him or deal with him. You can't fuck with Jason Tatum when he's focused and has his eyes on the prize. Technically, he could average a triple-double if he wanted to. The problem is if he wanted to. Now, Jalen Brown, that motherfucker is more consistent than Tatum. So... Does Jalen Brown feel like he has a lot to prove? Because I think if Brown was on his own team, he can carry a team to the playoffs. I don't know about winning a championship. It just depends on what you put around him. But Brown has many reasons to be unhappy in Boston. Now, the thing is, when his contract comes up, is he going to stay in Boston or is he going to leave and form his own team to prove the critics wrong. Let's move on to Paul George. Now, Paul George was, uh, you know, he was injured in in one of the games uh, this season. He's hurt. I think it was against OKC, if I'm not mistaken. Um, He had a knee injury that I didn't think was serious at first, but he remained on the ground a long ass time. And, you know, it went from concerning to, okay, you know, he was diagnosed with a a right knee sprain and would be evaluated in two to three weeks. You know, it's been maybe about five or six days since it's happened. So they're basically saying that 
PG is out for the season, but he'll be back by the by the playoffs. And that's just another unfortunate blow to the Clippers. Even though last night, buddy, the Clippers looked amazing against the uh, Thunder. They were hitting a bunch of threes and shit. They was balling, yo. They were balling. You know, Bones Highland was hitting three-pointers. Nicholas Batum was hitting three-pointers. Kawhi Leonard was hitting three-pointers. Like, if the Clippers and Russell Westbrook looked all right, too. So you have to... I You would have to think that the Clippers could hold it down without PG. Easily. You know, they're a five seed right now. And definitely something to be, you know, a force to be reckoned with and to be taken serious. But my prayers go out to PG. I hope he um, recovers well and hopefully things could be fair once the playoffs come around. Carl Anthony Towns is back. Um, he recently returned on March 22nd against the Atlanta Hawks, where he scored uh, 22 points, had four rebounds and three assists. Looked like his old self. And he came back right on time. The Timberwolves have done well without his services. And with uh, Anthony Edwards, you know, with, you know, out with that injury they need him flat out they definitely need him but Anthony Edwards is going to come back a lot quicker than expected so you can expect the combination of Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards to make some noise in the playoffs it just depends on opponent that Western Conference is very confusing it could literally come down to the last game on who is who Uh, sixth seed all the way down to the uh, 12th seed. Because we know that Portland's not going to make the playoffs. That's the only thing we do know. Everybody else can still make it. That's what you got to think about. All right. Moving on, moving on. I mean... Cat coming back does fucking help the Minnesota Timberwolves, though. Ooh, this is a good question right here. Are the Thunder going to play the villain in the playoffs? Because after last night, they fell out of the playoff race. Now they're 11th now. Now the Pelicans are 10th and the Lakers are 9th. Now, if the Thunder make the playoffs, will they play the villain? Because, obviously, they're not going to be favored to win any series. Could they give Denver a run for their money? I think so. I don't think they're going to beat Denver, but I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Denver. I mean, you got Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Josh Giddy. You always got a chance. And they have some underrated role players in Jalen Williams, Isaiah Joe. 
I forget the kid's name that's light-skinned with the braids. That dude can play. Um, the other Jalen Williams, dark, light-skinned Jalen Williams, dark-skinned Jalen Williams. Um, and they got a little squad over there in OKC. And then another, and then another question. If the Thunder make the playoffs, could we see Chet Holmgren? Because the last thing I heard about Holmgren was in March, um, he was rehabbing and he was dunking the basketball in the rehabs. I mean, if I were... If I had a chance to win a championship, then yeah, I would bring Chet Holmgren back. But if we gonna get eliminated in the first round and shit, I wouldn't risk that kid's career on a playoff run that's gonna end early. I wouldn't want to risk um, injuring him again. But if we get say I don't know the six seed, and we and we get Sacramento. Oh, I'm bringing back uh, Chet Holmgren because they would have a chance against them because they're evenly matched. They're both teams that don't have much playoff experience around them like that, but they got the heart and they're hungry. You gotta think about shit like this. And who else returned today? Ja Morant returned. John Morant was officially back on the court. And he had a solid return. He, um, against Houston, he scored, he played 24 minutes, um, scored 17 points, 6 of 13 shooting, 4 rebounds and 5 assists. Pretty solid return as the Grizzlies, you know. Got the W, of course, on the Rockets. Everybody gets a W on the Rockets. It's pretty much like certified. But Ja returning to the lineup does, you know, raise the chances of him possibly getting that money on the all-NBA third team. All right. Ooh, this is the subject I've been wanting to talk about. Referees, 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 referees. We've come a long way from Tim Donahue, haven't we? But a referee named, uh, I think his name is uh, Ben Taylor, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Fred Van Vliet criticized Ben Taylor as a referee. And, you know, Van Vliet just basically took the fine (laughs) and just did not give a fuck. He was relentless in his criticism of Ben Taylor. Um, Apparently, some of the higher-ups in the NBA heard about the complaint and actually decided to deliver some justice on Van Vliet's end by demoting Ben Taylor. So that has to be a dub for him. 
And then the Chris Paul and Scott Foster fiasco has to be looked into by the NBA as well. If you're going to look at Van Vliet's complaints, although Chris Paul has not complained about um, Scott Foster, there is means for concern. Like, you got Chris Paul being 0-43 against Scott Foster. 0-43. That's concerning. Like, you mean to tell me every game that this dude referees against Chris Paul, they lose? And Scott Foster be a referee in the playoffs. So, that means that every playoff game that Chris Paul plays in, that this man referees... He loses. That is not a coincidence. That is a problem. That type of shit has to be looked into. Now, many many NBA fans and a lot of NBA players are noticing a trend with the Los Angeles Lakers. A lot of people in particular, are complaining that Austin Reeves is getting too many foul calls. And your boy is going to take a look at it. I'm going to take a look at this shit. I'm going to just look at the free throw attempts only. I mean, there was one game in particular where, you know, we talking about the last few games here. Like, the last two games, Austin Reeves has 31 free throw attempts. That's a lot for a guy that's not a star player in this league. Like, one game, he had 18 free throw attempts. Mind you that LeBron James and Anthony Davis have been in and out of the lineup all year. You know, a lot of people are complaining. Like Devin Booker, after losing to the Lakers, said that I understand the agendas that are being pushed. Trying to, and I'm trying to just get that out of my head and go out there and compete. What agendas is he referring to? I think I know the answer to that question. And I truly believe that the NBA is trying to get the Lakers into the playoffs so that LeBron could win another ring before uh, Steph Curry wins another one. I think that's the agenda that's trying to be pushed. They're trying to get LeBron a fifth ring. But however, you do realize that this is a lottery team, right? That is coming off a 33-win season. And the degree of difficulty that it's going to take for the Lakers to win the championship is very high. There are people that think that this Lakers team can beat the Sacramento Kings. And I don't think that can happen. I don't think it's possible. Experience or not. Because I I truly believe that the Kings would do to them 
what Phoenix did to them that year, which was run they ass off the court. So, I truly do not believe that the Lakers can beat the Kings in a seven-game series. Now, however, I do believe that they can beat the Denver Nuggets in a seven-game series because we know that Anthony Davis gives Nikola Jokic nightmares. And a healthy Anthony Davis is a very dangerous Anthony Davis. LeBron James can attack the basket against Denver because Denver doesn't have any rim protection. And I believe that Denver's role players are on the same level as the Lakers' um, role players. But, however, though, There's an obvious agenda being pushed, trying to get the Lakers into the playoffs. But the thing is, though, how can you beat math? That's the million-dollar question for me is, how are you going to beat math? Math is very important. You know, it's very, very close in that Western Conference. And then how are you going to rig it without looking obvious. I don't know. I don't know, man. I definitely think that there is an agenda for the Los Angeles Lakers to be forced into the playoffs. But they're not going to have playoff success. They're a first round out no matter what. And I, if even if they do make the play-in game, I'm not sure if they can get out of there. One game versus the Pelicans. I mean, the Lakers have a chance of getting that. The Thunder, though, I don't think they could do it. I don't think they could beat OKC in one game. I don't think they could beat the Utah Jazz in one game. I got to see them play because they do play the Jazz twice later on in their schedule. Oh, boy. Mario Chalmers says that no one feared LeBron like they feared MJ. And what I have to say is, duh. As Uncut Hoop said on YouTube, LeBron scared a whole conference. Michael Jordan scared the whole league. It's levels to this shit. It's just many reasons why I think that Jordan is just better than than LeBron James. And that's one of the reasons right there. A lot of people got all upset at Mario Chalmers. I mean, this is the third or fourth teammate, former teammate of his, that said that LeBron did not pump no fear into nobody. I do know that LeBron pumped fear into the Toronto Raptors and the 60-win Atlanta Hawks team that knowing damn well shouldn't have won 60 games that took advantage of a weak-ass East. The Indiana Pacers didn't fear LeBron James. Paul George was just frustrated that he couldn't win against that those LeBron super teams. But you have 
Shaquille O'Neal, who was seven foot three, three hundred pounds, said that he was scared of Michael Jordan. You got to do three times Michael Jordan's size, saying that Jordan pumped fear in the hearts of many. I mean, Mario Chalmers is right. I was around. I was alive. I was watching basketball. I might have been young, but I was alive to see Michael Jordan during his two three-peats. And that nigga was just a monster, yo. Just bottom line. 42 Doug. Oh, boy, man. He pleaded guilty to basically evading prison. Meaning that... Um... He was arrested and could have did six months in jail. But now that he's got charges on top of charges on top of charges in this evading prison situation, now he faces up to five years in, in, in prison. Ridiculous. This kid could have did six months in jail and been out. Now, this guy who's had a decent career can sit down for five years. And I highly doubt that son going to be hot when he get out. If he has to do the whole five. Now, if he does one and a half and Gotti sticks by this kid, I think maybe his career could have a resurgence. But however... If he has to sit down at least three to five, it's not going to look good for him. And I feel, I mean, I don't feel bad for him because he decided to skip out on doing time and to try to take a control C, control V <laughs> way out of shit. There's a report out there that LeBron James is aiming to re return to the Lakers for the final three games of the season. Because it's going to be an all-out battle for those final spots. thoughts on this is you better hope that he don't come back too late Lakers better not go on the losing streak I tell you that much because if that does happen my nigga they might be fucked they might be fucked there's some good news out there for the Golden State Warriors Gary Payton Jr may return on Sunday from that um I think it's like a uh I think it's a hip injury if I'm not mistaken so that's a good sign for for Warriors fans 
and a good sign for the Warriors, period, because they need him badly. They need some defense. And he provides all the little things on the defensive end that don't show up on the scoreboard. Warriors need a guy out there that could defend these wings and these little guards that chew up the Warriors on defense. And GP2, that would be awesome to have that kid back. It'd be awesome. But a lot of these artists, y'all notice that these artists be bragging about a billion streams. They be talking, trying to back their mans up. My man streamed a billion streams, dog. I meant to open up with this, but you know, everything is all out of sorts today. But um, this is the thing, right? A billion streams don't mean shit. Because there's this thing that came out about um, Ice Spice and shit. And Jay-Z. They basically said that, you know, Ice Spice has more monthly listeners than Jay-Z this month, right? But what are we talking about here? Is that supposed to be some amazing feat? Um... You folks do realize that 1,500 streams equal one copy? Do y'all know that? So if you listen to an artist 1,500 times, they get paid for one copy. Which is exactly why the hard copy era, the physical copy era, is way better than the streaming era. Because these people don't get paid that much off of streams like that. Unless you're Drake. And even Drake doing a billion streams ain't really shit though. Because you know what that means, right? A billion streams just means you went gold. Congratulations, nigga. Congratulations, you sold 666,000 copies. That's Kurt. That's super cute. That's wonderful. You ain't go diamond, nigga. I'd like you to go diamond with physical copies. According to what I seen last year, the only nigga that was moving physical units was Harry Styles. That was it. Everybody else's units was mid. Mid to damn near non-existent. Well, that's probably because they don't sell physical copies at stores that much anymore. Now vinyl is back in style. Now niggas is copping vinyl now. But I had to throw that tidbit in there. And that's kind of funny that they say that Ice Spice has more listeners than Jay-Z, monthly listeners. But meanwhile, this is this man's 30-year work. Keeping up with somebody that just came out and is supposed to be allegedly hot. This is a man's 20 to 30 year body of work keeping up with a, a girl that's hot, that's allegedly supposed to be one of the hottest rappers out. 
Allegedly. Gotta keep that in mind. Niggas just gotta think before they praise and think before they jump the gun. I'm a victim of it myself. Niggas gotta double check their motherfucking research. And I'm telling that to my motherfucking self too. All right, man, let's get into the main motherfucking event. I know y'all been waiting on me, and that's fine. We gonna get into Hit Boy, new project. My boy Hit Boy, spitting them rhymes, trying to show y'all that he's multi-talented. I'm nice on the mic, Pulse. He drops a new album called Surfer Drown. And we gonna get into, um, like, what the fuck's up? Let's get into Surfer Drown, dog. Let's talk about this shit one by one. Now, big hit intro. Oh, man. You remember when HS87 came out? I don't know, man. I don't know. A lot of y'all don't know about HS87. You know what I mean? That's, I think that's circa 2013, 2012-ish. And I think the debut album came out in 2011, if I'm not mistaken, as a group. Well, Hit Boy father had just did a long bid. And he came home, you know what I'm saying, and joined the group. So, big hit intro... You know, I think he went back to jail. Which is crazy, man. That's crazy that he just couldn't shake that that gangster lifestyle, man. It's fucked up. But, big hit. You know, I didn't necessarily give this like a grade or anything because it was just an eight-bar verse. You know, I'm not going to really penalize or analyze. I'm just going to just say that this was decent, even though it was very short. Let's move on to the Tide featuring Nas. Man, y'all ready for King's Disease 4 like I am? Because I am, I am somebody, somebody that's ready for King's Disease 4. Because, man, Hit Boy and Nas, especially on, you know, I was going to give it a four and a half until that fucking beat switch. I was like, whoa, okay, okay, all hell Hit Boy, goddammit, all hell Hit Boy. State Champ featuring Dom Kennedy and J305, this should have been left off the album. This is by far the worst song on here. This shit is just ass. Nothing more, nothing less. Complete ass gas. Sorry, Charlemagne, I had to use that, but goddammit, it is what it is. But I didn't like State Champ. The beat was hard, though, but we could have did without that one. Corsa featuring Dom Kennedy. This was okay. This was much better than State Champ. But this was cool. I fuck with it. Tony Fontana 3. Somehow, I think I've only heard the first Tony Fontana. I ain't hear Tony Fontana 2. 
but this features currency and hit boy and currency do pretty well on here N not complaining at all just ask featuring spank nitty i'ma just be uh completely honest with you i don't like spank nitty bro this nigga is cheeks this nigga is 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 fire farts remember when kenny tried to light a fire a fart on fire in uh south park bigger longer and uncut that's what that shit reminds me of but it's not as mediocre as state champs though but i'm just not feeling it it's just like how i feel about um jay skis as a rapper i was bored hella bored new wave featuring devin morrison much better song i definitely dig the vibe of it even though it has a uh drill vibe i let that shit slide on here i'll let it slide um slipping into darkness man Ooh, with the alchemist you got alchemist rapping over a hit boy beat hit boy um rapping over an alchemist beat this is what hip-hop is all about You know what I'm saying? This is incredible. And I love the whole braggadocio on the producer version of Control. This is what this shit is, basically, in a nutshell. You got to think about it, man. Hitboy called out all the producers and shit. Now, will Hitmaker and all those guys respond? I like competition. I like the shit talk. This is by far the best record on this album. And this was the first single. Two certified featuring uh, UK rapper uh, Avellino. Avellino. Not a fan of this at all. However, at least it's authentic. At least it's not New York drill. At least it's traditional UK drill. I didn't want to um, knock this shit down points wise that much because you know I don't like drill I don't like um, New York drill UK drill I don't necessarily have a problem with you know the voice thing does sound kind of corny but you know I I just was talking about last week about voices and shit so I'm gonna let that shit go and I'm gonna let them slide on this one because it's authentic. And not that fake ass New York drill shit. MTR with James Fauntleroy and C3. This is cool. This is okay. Another drill beat hit boy. I mean, come on, man. That's like four. It kind of takes away the authenticity of this this album a little bit composure part two great awesome closer i love this song and then the tight thing about this album is he put instrumentals to all the songs on the hard copy of the album that's dope that's some real vinyl shit right there very creative 
All in all, Hit Boy, Surfer, Drown. There's no doubt in my mind. Hit Boy can rap. Hit Boy is one of the hottest producers in the game. But I feel like this project could have done without all the drill shit. If it would have had two drill tracks, I would have been fine. But four? And it could have done without the Spank Nitty track and the, uh, what's the joint with J305? Oh, State Champ. Other than that, this album is good. Don't get it fucked up or twisted. I'm not trying to nitpick and I'm not trying to shit on hit. But this project could have been a whole lot better. It could have been better than above average. It could have been great. But that's my review on Surfer Drown. Now let's move on to Six Black. Six Black dropped his new project. And I was impressed. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I've been feeding for some new uh, Six Black. I mean, the album is called Since I Have a Lover. It's a very interesting title, very interesting theme. And we gonna get into Since I Have a Lover, man, because, you know, it's been a, a surgence of these new artists, you know, I classify them as trap and B artists. You know, guys like Bryson Tiller, Don Tolliver, even The Weeknd sometimes gives off those particular vibes, even though he does this shit with an 80s twist. Like, it's a group of cats out here that does a sophisticated form of R&B, and Six Black fits right into the mold. Let's go with Cold Feet. Now, this is the fucked up thing. I did some fucked up shit listening to this album I accidentally listened to it on shuffle because you know I was listening to it I'm like this first half is hella depressing then the second half kicked off and it was strong but now I have to review this shit all over again from the top which I did before I got on here cold feet it's an okay intro it's okay not nothing to clap your feet together on. Inwood Hill Park. This is fire. This gives RZA vibes. I'm not going to lie. Without the Chinese sample. But I'm just talking about as far as the drums are concerned. This shit is fire. I definitely enjoyed it. Since I have a lover. Oh, no wonder why. Soundwave produced it. No wonder why this gives like scissor vibes a little bit as far as the sound is concerned since i have a lover is cool it seems like six black is reaching out to a newer audience like a pop audience in a way play a house i enjoyed that definitely enjoyed that fatal attraction seems like a filler in my opinion definitely seems it gives off filler vibes but good subject matter nonetheless spirited away same thing 
just a very cool filler for the album. Chasing feeling a little bit better than the other two. Oh, this is my shit though. I thought Hit Boy produced this, but OZ, Nick D, and Kobali, or Kobali, I'm sorry, produced Preach. But Preach is a banger. Oof. This is like tied for like my favorite song on here. The wordplay of Six Black on these songs, man. Had to update a chick like iOS. I think that's what he said. Dope line. A lot of people, that's going to go over a couple of people's heads. Tip for Tat. That's another favorite of mine. That's up there. Like, Tip for Tat is fucking dope. Talk Back is another filler. Wasn't my favorite at all, to be honest. One of them featuring Quinn. I was disappointed by this. Like, I feel like one of them should have been longer. You know, I may be confusing Talk Back with something else because I think that might have been a short record. That might have been a short record that I was disappointed by. I think that's what Talk Back is because that shit had potential to be fire. B4L, um, this was okay. Just okay. Decatur is dope. Oh, Johnny Venus got from uh, Earth Game got writing credits on here. No wonder why the wordplay was slick on Decatur. That's fire. Talk. This was cool. Temporary featuring Don Tolliver. I expected a little bit more out of the two Trapping B gods. But I wasn't disappointed. I just was expecting like some fire shit. Rent Free, dope. Love Rent Free. That was probably the last song I listened to on when it when I was shuffling. Stories in Motion. I didn't even know that was Wale. Oh my god. I didn't even notice that was Wallace, man. Crazy. That verse was fire. Wow. That flew over my head because the copy that I got didn't have Wale listed as a credit. That's dope, though. Stories in Motion is dope. Testify is cool. It's okay. NRH was a good closer. Not mad at that at all. All in all, Six Black is dope. I mean, I like the uh, Pretty Little Fears album. I liked his debut album. And this album is no slouch. This is a very good body of work. Is it like the best R&B album this year? No. But is it? does it pale in comparison to the others? No. This is a pretty good listen. A majority of the songs have very good production, very dope wordplay. And Six Black steps outside of the box and tries his angle at pop. And I like that because it shows versatility. It shows that he's more than just a trap and beat artist. I can do pop music too. And some of the pop music on there had 
SZA SOS vibes. I'm starting to see a pattern here. A lot of these artists might be influenced by SOS. Like SZA really broke some ground here. But that's my show. I want to thank you all for checking me out, fucking with me. This is King Nona Sister, New Music Fridays, and I'm out.